Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Nobody dies, at least not completely, and generally speaking, not for a very long time. Not for as long as he or she is remembered by family, by friends, or by lovers, or I must admit, in all honesty, by enemies. Memories of actions, good or bad, words, kind or unkind, physical features, pleasant or unpleasant, linger on scattered about in the minds of those left behind. Put them together, and you have a ghost. Hector, my friend. Why are you not dancing? I'm waiting for someone. Mm, a lady, of course. A lady to join you in the minuet? No, I'm waiting for Andre. Well, surely you're not going to perform the minuet with your cousin? No. I'm going to kill him. mystery drama, The Alien Guest, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We think we keep alive those we have known by remembering them. But this sort of thing can be carried too far. If our memories continue too sharp, too full of feeling, and if they linger too long, why then we are in peril of becoming ghosts ourselves. Listen now to the story we have chosen to call The Alien Guest. Oh, there you are, Hector. I've been looking for you. Have you? They're performing a minuet in the ballroom. Are they indeed? So, what are you doing sulking by yourself in the foyer? I'm waiting for someone, Maurice. Oh, of course, a lady. A lady to join you in the minuet. No, I'm waiting for Andre. Surely you're not going to dance the minuet with your cousin? <laughs> Hardly. Well, then, why in the name of heaven would you... Oh, there he is. And with that, I left just like that. Miss <laughs> Whitaker. Well, they're seen together all the time, didn't you know? Hector. Hector, what in the world are you... Scoundrel! Villain! Hector! Blackguard! My dear cousin! Take that! You know what this calls for, cousin Hector? Yes, of course I know. Where? Across the river. Behind the church of Saint-Germain-des-Prés. At dawn? At dawn. Come, my dear. Till the morning breaks, Hector. Till then, cousin. Hector... Had I known what you meant to do... I had to do it. Did you have to strike him so hard? Yes. As he passed by me on his way back to the ballroom, I could see the angry red mark of your hand. He deserved it. It will be a while before the marks of your fingers fade. I devoutly hope so. Do you think I care one single sue if his pretty pale face with a delicate white skin shows the imprint of my four fingers? 
I hope he carries the mark for all of his life. I hope he bears it when they lower him into his grave. Speaking of which, dear friend, I shall accompany you, of course, to the wasteland behind Saint-Germain-des-Prés. If you like. I insist. You'll fetch me then, say, a quarter of an hour before the daybreak? You may count on it. Is that you, Maurice? Who else would be knocking on your door at this hour? Well, come in, then. What? You're not dressed? Five minutes more. Make yourself comfortable. Thank you. I, uh... I hope you do not live to regret this quarrel. Of course. I hope you live. I shall live. Have no fear of that. To fight a duel with your own cousin, one so close... And I might add, one so adored by all of Paris. By all the women of Paris, you mean? Yes, yes, there's that. If she had not come in last night with her... But do you really love her? She was mine. She said she loved me. She said she belonged to me. Of course, she's very pretty. Oh, she's beautiful. She belonged to me. Why could he not have chosen another? I suppose because he fancied this one. Really, you should place the blame squarely upon the shoulders of this it, viper you elected to love. In you, I never had a chance to keep her for myself once he laid siege to her. He, a favorite of fortune. I, a rough soldier who had done nothing but serve my country. A mannerless boor. Oh, now, now. He, with his riches, his elegant chateau. Ah, yes, yes. The chateau Puy Verblain. Mm. Lovely place. And not too far from Paris, either. Not that I've ever been a guest there. I with my soldier's pay and very little else. He knew. He must have known from the start that he would be the winner, I the loser. Mm, the way of the world, dear fellow. Well, why must it be the way of the world each time? No, I don't know. Because it is, I guess. Well, that's no answer. Ah, yes, I know. But so early in the morning, what can you expect of me? Well, are you nearly ready? Yes, as soon as I buckle on my sword. Oh, may I have? No, no, no. I can do it very well myself, thank you. Yes, of course you can. You've done it so many times, haven't you? Many, many times. For the wars, for the battles you fought. A soldier's life, Maurice. Mm. Thank heaven it's not mine. I'm not cut out for it. Well, some are, some aren't. I don't think André de Brissac is suited to that sort of life either. More suited to the boudoir, I should think. Shouldn't you? I've done thinking about him. Well, shall we go? Mm, yes. Oh, dear. I hope this is a genteel sort of jewel. Not too much blood. Well, come on. And no one killed. Oh, merciful Lord, let no one be killed. It's time to go. Come on. Still, if André de Brissac were to die... You'd inherit the Chateau Puy-Verblain, wouldn't you, Hector? I said, come on. And his fortune, too. Hmm, interesting thought. All right, let us go. About the Chateau, Maurice. Ah, yes, the lovely Chateau Puy-Verblain. You know... I've heard you can see the towers of Notre Dame from its windows. I don't envy him his chateau. And you can see the Seine, too. Must be marvelous. I don't want his money, either. Of course not. Do you think I was 
Insinuating any such thing? Well, it sounded like it. No, I had no such thought. I want only to be revenged for a callous outrage. Of course. Still, it's a lovely chateau. And he is your only living relative, and there is all that money. Who knows? Ah, only speculating, you understand. Ah, huh? there's the church. Oh, yes, there it is. I don't suppose you'd like to step inside, would you? What for? To offer up a few prayers, perhaps. For what? Oh, I don't know. Happy outcome to this dismal day. Mm. We have time, you know. The eastern sun has not yet put in an appearance. You're sure you won't step inside the church? Oh, yes, I'm sure. Andre has not yet arrived. As far as I can see in the pre-dawn light. He'll be here. Oh, I've no doubt. He's a man of honor, if nothing else. After all, he's your cousin. Here he comes now. And here comes the sun. Oh, what a happy meeting. Hector, look. The mark of your hand is still on his face. Bright red. You must have raised welts when you struck him. Look there. The sun shining on his cheek dyes the mark even deeper. It will be a good long time before that red mark disappears. Margaret, when I drop the kerchief, gentlemen, you will commence. Understood? That was a touch, cousin. A touch! And another! And another! I am wounded! Get up! Get up and fight! I... I cannot! I cannot rise! Maurice, summon a doctor. It's sad. Very bad. All right, Maurice has gone for the doctor. Listen to me, Hector de Brissac. I am not one who believes that a man has done with her because his eyes glaze and his jaws stiffen. They will bury me in the old vault at Preverda, and you will be master of the chateau. Andre, I never meant to... But you and I have not finished our affair yet, my cousin. I, I will... Be with you when you least look to see me. I will come to you when your life seems brightest. Oh, Andre. I will come between you and all you hold fairest and dearest. My ghostly hand shall drop a poison in your cup of joy. My shadowy form shall shut the sunlight from your life. Men with such iron will as mine can do what they please, Hector de Boisac. It is my way to haunt you when I am dead. Andre, Andre, please forgive me. Forgive me. Andre, speak to me. Tell me that... that... Hector, the doctor is coming. He will be here any moment. It's too late, Maurice. Too late? Even for a priest. Oh, sweet mother of God. Is he really dead? I killed him. In my madness, in the frenzy of my madness, I I went for the heart and I 
killed him. He died right away? No, no, not right away. As he lay on the ground, he beckoned to me, and I knelt at his side. As you see me now, he... He had things he wanted to say to me. What sort of thing? Life was flowing out of him as he spoke. But valiant man that he was, he fought off death till he had said them all. Then his head fell back. And he died. Revenge is a kind of wild justice. Those words were written by a wise Englishman about 300 years ago. His name was Francis Bacon. Three centuries later, the words seem to have more meaning than ever. Man's nature seeming to have changed too little. Perhaps in its depths, not at all. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. Brothers. say a few more words about revenge. Not my words, but those of England's greatest 17th century poet, John Milton. Revenge at first thought sweet, bitter ere long, back on itself recoils. Hector de Bissac has killed his cousin in revenge for having stolen a woman away from him. It is not likely that he ever read Milton's words, or if he did, mastered by his own violent and passionate desire, disregarded them. Ah, but it's beautiful, Hector. Exquisite. The landscaping, the gardens, and and the chateau itself. It's true, it's quite true. You can see Notre Dame from here. And the mist rising from the river. Oh, you fortunate man. Let's go inside. If we must. You haven't seen all the rooms. What? You mean there are more? Oh, by all means, let's see them all. I can scarcely wait. It's heartening to see your enthusiasm. But, my dear Hector, where is your enthusiasm? I would have thought it would be even greater than mine, after all. This is all yours. It belongs to you. You are no longer a rough soldier. You are a, a, a gentleman of property and wealth. Ah, uh, tell me, when do the other guests arrive? You are my only guest. Surely you just... My first... Well, then that's all very flattering. And my last. Oh, God, now. I mean it. I've become too depressed to endure company. Oh, Hector. Oh, after I killed my cousin. No, 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 no. You put it too strongly. It was a duel. No matter. Killing is killing. I have killed many men on the battlefield. And Andre had done me a crueler wrong than any of those I fought against. Mm, that's true. True. Friends advised me to cross the frontier. You yourself said I should, Maurice. To avoid any possible consequence. But I chose to remain here. Andre is buried here, you know. His coffin fills a niche in the vault of our mutual ancestors. No, I did not know. But I live here alone. I see no one until today. You know, I I think the servants dislike me. No. Yes, they were very fond of Andre. And when I ride through the village, the little children shrink from the sight of me. Yeah, yes, yes, they do. And I've seen old women cross themselves as I pass by. <laughs> I, 
I've heard they think I've sold my soul to the devil. Well, that's the way the peasants are. They're superstitious. Well, I can't blame them entirely. Even my appearance. Well, you know how I seem to others. Dark of visage, stern in manner. I think no woman's love has ever been mine. Not even my mother's. Oh, Hector. No. Here I sit, Maurice, surrounded by all the luxury that was once Andre's. I sit, and I brood, and I hate myself. Hector, you must... I think I have begun to hate everyone. Me, it won't do. It simply won't do. You, you cannot go on this way. What else is there? What other way? Listen to me. Come to Paris. <laughs> To Paris. You will stay with me. My flat is big enough for the two of us. What would I do there? You needn't go near the court. There will be other places, other people. Well, there might be some in Paris, perhaps, huh? Old comrades from my fighting days, they would not shun me, huh? Surely they would not. Yes. Yes, it might do me some good. Yes, of course it would. Say you'll do it. If you really want me. Maurice, do you really want me to? I do. I do. Then I'll come. Good morning, Hector. Ah, good morning, Maurice. Did you sleep well? Reasonably, and you? Very well indeed. I thought I heard you come in. I didn't waken you, I hope. No matter, no matter. Uh, it was... Uh, Rather late, wasn't it? <laughs> Two, three o'clock? Yes, something like that. Paris has gone to your head, I'm beginning to think. Well, if it has, it's done nothing but good. Yes, I can sense that. I can even see it. Hector, you are starting to look, well, almost handsome. Oh, no, no, you go too far. <laughs> ah, you were most generous, Maurice, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am in your debt for always. Believe me, good friend. Well, now, what are your plans for today? Uh, Maurice, uh, you, uh, <clears throat> you never knew any of my old comrades at arms, did you? Uh, no, no, I never did. Oh, well, I met one of them on the boulevard a while back. A little cross-grained old captain of dragoons whose merits have been neglected, whose achievements have been ignored. Well, I went to see him the very next day in his shabby lodgings where he sulks like a rat in a hole, huh? Very much as I sulked in the luxury of the chateau. But is that all you have been doing these past weeks? Visiting an old soldier in his dreary lodgings, sharing his dreary life? And not altogether dreary, Maurice. No? What can possibly brighten it? The sweetest, the dearest bit of sunshine in the world, Maurice. He has a wife. <laughs> he has a daughter. A daughter? Is it not strange, Maurice? The richest blessings of our lives are so often those which cost us the least. I wasted years of my life in the worship of a wicked woman who jilted me and cheated me. But the adorable daughter of my comrade... I give this meek angel but a few courteous words, a little tenderness, and well, my life, which had been so dark and desolate, grew bright beneath 
her influence. And uh, now... Uh, yes. And now she says she loves me. She has consented to become my bride. And the gardener will sell you some pear trees against that wall, Maurice. I never thought Weaverdown could be improved upon, but you are finding ways, Hector. No, no, it was Evelyn's idea, not mine. All the good ideas are hers. All goodness comes from my little sunshine. All love, all tenderness, all nurturing, all comes from her. And it comes to me, Maurice, straight to me from her sweet, loving heart. Imagine to me. You are happy, my friend. And lucky. I never thought to be so lucky, so happy. But it's happened, and I am. And, uh, Evelyn? She likes the life here? Oh, she loves it. She makes me love it. She drifts about the ground like a child admitted into fairyland. She, she's off somewhere now, uh, picking flowers for our dinner table. Uh, up with our dinner. Uh, shall we go inside for an aperitif? Oh, by all means. After you, my good friend. You. My best friend and my first guest. I, I should say, our first guest. And, uh, you have no memories of the dismal past? No, none at all. Of your cousin? None of him? None of the duel? None at all. Of course, Maurice, I should tell you, I have made certain that there is nothing in the chateau to remind me of Andre. Oh? Though I live in his chateau, though I subsist on the wealth that was his, I wanted nothing to bring his image to my mind. Yes, of course. So I went through every room of the chateau, there are 27 of them, to make sure there was no portrait of him anywhere. But I did find something. Here, uh, step into the library. There's no portrait here, nothing but a tapestry. Yes, well, stand back while I remove it. What? Why, yes. It is a portrait. A very old one, I should think. It, uh... It's not of Andre, is it? And that is to say, it looks a little like him, very much like him, really, but... The dress, the old-fashioned hunting dress, is it not? Quite brilliant, all purple and orange. But it's... Not Andre. I'm certain of that. No. The portrait is not of Andre, but an ancestor of his and mine. Well, then, what need to cover it? You remember the morning of the duel, Maurice? Yes, of course I remember. You remember how Andre was dressed, how bright the sun shone on his garments? Yes, I... I think I remember. And do you remember what colors those garments were? What? Well, they were... Yes. They were purple and orange. Purple and orange, yes. So you see why I have hung the tapestry over the portrait. No one has seen that portrait but you and me. And no one ever shall. I understand. So let us cover it again. Because I see my sunshine coming up the garden path, roses in her arms. 
Ah, Maurice, how sweet the change has been in my life and in my home. Do you know even my servants love me now? Because they love their mistress. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, my friend. Hector, Hector, where are you? There she is coming, my love. The portrait is concealed, eh? Let us join, my darling. Of course. Here we are, my dear. These lovely roses I gathered for our table. Look, Maurice, in your honor. Your own beauty would have sufficed, madame. Oh, you are so kind. Hector, who is the lord of the chateau nearest to this? Why, my dearest, there is no chateau within 40 kilometers of here. Is that true? But of course. Then who is the nobleman I meet on my walk? I can't imagine. Do you see him often? Why, yes. I see him every day. As the halcyon days come to an end, a dark cloud passed over the bright sun. Has the face of evil peered through the window? Does threatening thunder roar from the skies? Do the chill winds start to blow? In other words, dear and gentle listeners, is the honeymoon over? I'll be back shortly with Act Three. I like pickles, yeah. but they don't like me. And it's all the Digel special combination of antacid and anti-gas ingredients gives you fast, gentle relief from acid indigestion, heartburn, and gas in just minutes. I like hot dogs, but they don't like me. For occasional use, only as directed. Take your contact, take it now. I'm going to change your mind about nighttime cold medicine. You see, of all major medicines, only one wakes up to 12 hours against the cloggy virus symptoms that keep you awake. Only contact. One capsule's release stays with you all through a long night's sleep, no matter what cold virus attacks. Only contact. Take off the directed. You need long-distance information. Get the tape that measures long distances. The Master Mechanic 100-foot tape from True Value Hardware Stores. The 3-8-inch wide, epoxy-coated wide tape is graduated in feet, inches, and length. And it comes in a rugged steel case for just $10.95. Or for shorter measuring jobs, choose the 3-quarter-inch, 12-foot power return tape for just five and a quarter at True Value Hardware Stores. It features a positive toggle blade lock, epoxy-coated yellow blade, and durable chrome psychotic case. All master mechanic tools and accessories are backed by a lifetime customer satisfaction policy, issuing good performance or a free immediate replacement. And they're sold only at participating True Value hardware stores and home centers. There's one near you, True Value Hardware. To be vindictive is very bad indeed. To hold grudges, to strike back when one has been injured, there's no doubt about it. It's deplorable. Still, how truly Lord Byron wrote, revenge is sweet. The only problem lies in the fact that revenge works both ways. Vengeance boomerangs. Who knocks? It is I, Maurice. Hector de Brissac. Hector. Oh, my dear friend, how good to see you. Come in, come in. Thank you, Maurice. 
What on earth brings you to Paris? To to request that you visit us again, Maurice, at the Chateau. Well, I might be able to arrange that within the month. But uh, why do you want me there? Maurice, do you remember when you were with us before Eveline came in from a walk, roses in her arms? Oh, yes, herself as lovely as the roses she had. Yes, I remember. And she asked what nobleman lived nearby. And you said... There was no estate within 40 kilometers. Yes, yes. And she said she saw him each day. Well, I let the matter drop at that point, not to embroil you in it, but later I questioned her further. This nobleman you mentioned when Maurice was here, whom you think you see every day. I do see him, and every day. But where, my dearest? Sometimes in the park, sometimes in the wood. He has never dared to address you. Never. Sometimes I've almost wished that he would speak to me. It's so terrible to see him standing silently there. Oh, he is some insolent peasant who seeks to frighten you. No, no, he is no peasant. It is not his dress alone I judge for. I know little of such things, but he has an air of nobility which it is impossible to mistake. That is the point that mystified me, Hector. The stranger's costume is not modern. He looks as an old picture might, if it could descend from its frame. Her words pained me, Maurice, for they reminded me of that hidden portrait in the library, the one I showed you. An ancestor, dressed in hunting costume of bright orange and purple. Yes, I remember it well. Shortly after the conversation I have just related to you, her health began to droop. The change in her was so gradual as to be almost imperceptible to those who watched her day by day. Oh, my dear man. It is not only her physical health, Maurice. The bright and sunny spirit. You remember how she was. I do indeed. It vanished. In the place of my joyous young bride, I now behold a woman weighed down by rooted melancholy. She assures me she has no reason for sorrow or discontent. But, Maurice, I, I cannot believe what she said. Tell me what I can do for you, Hector. Anything within my power. If you are acquainted with the court physician... I know him, yes. If you could... Persuade him to come to the chateau. I can. I, I will. And if you could arrange to come with him? I can. You will earn my undying gratitude for you. Will I tell you truly? I believe my darling wife is going mad. A thousand thanks, Doctor, from my heart. <laughs> what, uh, did the doctor tell you, Hector? He says it is possible that Evelyn is affected by one lone delusion. That she sees the nobleman dressed in orange and purple. He said she described this, this nobleman with a perfect minuteness. A young man with a fair, womanish face, very pale, and rendered remarkable by a crimson scar 
resembling the mark of a blow. He asked me if there could not be a kinsman of my steward or a hanger-on of the household who might be so scarred and so attired. And, of course, you said there could not be such a one. It could be no one but André de Brissac. Come back to haunt me. Hector, you cannot credit such things. You cannot, Maurice. I must tell you, while he was dying... You had gone to fetch the doctor. Andre threatened me with that very thing, that he would haunt my life and blight it. Oh, no, I cannot believe it. No, 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 the doctor is inclined to think that she actually does see the man of whom she speaks. Oh, Hector. Maurice, I have made up my mind. Evelyn must be shown the portrait that hangs in the library. Are you feeling well enough, my sweetheart, to undertake this small adventure? To our own library, Hector. There is something here I I want you to see. I have seen everything before. Not quite, my beloved. What else can you possibly see? Evelyn, behind this tapestry is a portrait. A portrait? Why have you concealed it? To shut out bitter memories. Memories of what? What memories could you have that would make you bitter? Memories of something that happened long before you came into my life. And what has the portrait to do with me? Nothing. I hope and pray. Still, for the sake of your health, for the sake of my happiness, and the two are fatally intertwined, I must show you the portrait. Stand, stand there, my darling, while, while I remove the tapestry. There. What? What? What do you see? Dear heavenly You are trembling, you are shaking like a leaf. Let me put my arms about you, let me hold you. No, no, let me look. I could not deny it. After that confrontation in the library, when I showed Evelyn the portrait, you know I asked her to describe the man of her delusion, and she described at the last detail the face of my cousin. Line for line. 
And most vividly of all, she described the cruel mark upon his face, the mark of a fierce blow from an open hand. Maurice, I knew then that Andre de Brissac had fulfilled his vow. In vain, I watched her in vain. I tried to soothe her, till at last, at last. Yes, Edgar, tell me, my friend, she said to me. I remember her very words, because what a chill to my heart, from which I shall never recover, never. What did she say? She said, He will not let me be at peace. He comes between us, Hector. He is standing between us now. I can see his pale face with a red mark upon it plainer than I see yours. Oh, my poor Hector. So, you see, Marie, why I had to ask you to come back here to the chateau. I cannot bear this burden alone. You should not be made to. You will stay on. For as long as you need me. But tell me, how is Evelyn now? She has taken to her bed. There she stays. <laughs> For all I know, he visits her there. What? Has she said so? No. But how can I know? How can I possibly know? Well, one so pure, one so truthful, so faithful as Evelyn, she would tell you. She always has. Well, then. Maurice, will you, please, will you come with me to her bedroom? You think she would want to see me? Now? In her weakened state? Is it wise? There is the chance it might cheer her a little. She's calling me. Come with me. Oh, if you think I should, I do, I do. Uh, here, here we are. Yes, my beloved, I, I heard you call. Uh, here is someone. There's something I must tell you. Now... I am the worst, the vilest of women. I have confessed to my dear Hector from the first I have not hidden my sin from heaven. But death is now near me, and before I die, I would reveal my sin to you. What sin could you possibly have committed, my sweet one? When first the stranger came to me, his presence bewildered and disgusted me. And I shrank from him as from something strange and terrible. He came again and again, and I found myself thinking of him and watching for his coming. His image haunted me perpetually. I strove in vain to shut his face from my mind. Oh, Hector. Tell me he well, for I deserve no mercy at your hands. What are you saying? I came to count the hours that must elapse before his appearance to take no pleasure save in the sight of that pale face with the red brand upon it. He plucked all old familiar joys out of my life and left me but one unholy pleasure. The delight of his presence 
for an entire year. I have lived only to see him. Now, trust me, Hector, for this is my sin. Whether it's the work of witchcraft or comes from the baseness of my own heart, I know not. I only know that I have driven against this wickedness and faith. Oh, my love, you... You have had no part in this. The fault was mine. All mine. <laughs> Where, my love? Where is he? Daddy, I Dallas Cowboy defensive end, Ed T. Paul Jones. Be sure and be with us Saturday when the CBS TV Sports Spectacular features live coverage of the boxing debut of six foot nine Ed T. Paul Jones. Then from brawn to beauty in the first installment of the Battle of the NFL Cheerleaders. Plus the High Rollers meeting in the World Series of Poker from Las Vegas. You'll say you saw it on CBS TV Sports. Watford is working different ways. That's why you should know about X-Lax pills. Overnight, X-Lax pills gently stimulate your system's own natural rhythm, your own natural rhythm, and that makes all the difference. So try X-Lax pills for gentle overnight relief. X-Lax pills for occasional use only as directed. Now you can soften hard, callous skin without painful cutting or scraping. Apply stainless Dermasoft cream to your feet as directed. Insist on Dermasoft cream. I have 35 children to take care of, and I'm not even married. I'm a school teacher. So when I get home in the evening, I really need to relax and have a good cup of coffee. Maxwell has coffee. Mmm, I've tried other coffees, but I've learned one lesson. Maxwell House is coffee you can count on. Maxwell House coffee you can count on. When you see
The drama you have just heard was adapted from a story published in 1862. It was then titled, Eveline's Visitant. And the ladies will be happy, I hope, to know that it was written by a lady. Her name was appended to the story, simply and demurely as Miss Braddon. Thank you very much, Miss Braddon. Our cast included Paul Heck, Robert Dryden, and Patsy Bluter. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Post Lizzie's famous warehouse sale is now the all-store warehouse sale.